things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I am ready to talk about setting intentions, a topic I have intended to talk to you about for a while because it's sort of a small thing that can make a big difference. And those are my favorite types of change makers, honestly. The little tweaks to our habits or our attitudes that really add up to an overall perspective shift. So today's prompt is, what are your intentions? I can hardly say that phrase without thinking of some dad being like, what are your intentions with my daughter? And that is not at all what I mean by this. I am talking about setting intentions, the purposeful and mindful act of speaking out into the universe your desire for the day or for the year, for the event. It's setting the tone. It's focusing the mind. It's a way to get your heart in the right place. And I especially thought at this time of year, it might be a good time to discuss setting intentions because for a lot of us, we're at the beginning of the school year, so family rhythms and routines might be changing. Or if school starting doesn't affect you, a lot of us are at the end of summer, so we're moving soon into fall, and then before you know it, it will be the holiday season. Anyway, there's actually no bad time of year to talk about setting intentions, but I know for me, this month in particular is always the start of a new cycle. I think the first time I heard the phrase, set your intention, was in a yoga class a million years ago. It's a common instruction in yoga, and at the time I didn't pay it that much mind, other than to, you know, get in the right brain space to face the world after leaving the class. Intentions themselves seem like a vague concept to me, like my intention is to have a good day. So let's hope that happens. But as Eastern thought has started to permeate our culture in the last several years, as mysticism becomes more and more mainstream, I started to hear about setting intentions a lot more often. Somewhere along the way, I started doing it myself lightly at first, just a little bit, and then more seriously. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about how it's working for me and then encourage you to either try it this week if you're new to the idea or share with others how it's been working for you and what your intentions are if you have a process around setting them. 
This topic is a good one to talk about with friends or partners or whoever because while sometimes setting intentions can be a very private matter, something that you hold close and dear, when you actually say them out loud, it can really solidify the intention. So now you have someone to hold you accountable or someone you can be on the same page with. It can also sort of reveal a little slice of your heart if you so choose Because setting your intentions may be about your hopes, your wishes, or it might be about overcoming something, a fear maybe. So when you share it with others, it just makes where you're trying to go that much more intentional. I started setting intentions with myself first years ago in my morning routine. And then as I realized how it was working for me, I started applying it to projects, to work stuff, to events, like parties or even just interactions with certain people. And then lately to our family, getting my whole family to participate in our intentions. But let's just start first with the individual. I've talked about my morning routine a little bit. It is something that is ever-evolving, really depends on time of year, what's going on in my life, if I'm in a really busy phase or if things are a little more relaxed. But a few things that never change about my morning routine are my 20 minutes of reading and five minutes of silence. I always try to do 20 minutes of reading, something nonfiction, some kind of informational or inspirational thing in the morning something specifically aimed at growth. By the way, I talk about all of this reading habit stuff on episode number one of the podcast. It's called, When Do You Read? So scroll all the way back. But either before or after my reading time, again, just depending on how busy my brain is in the morning, I try to do five minutes of silence. Like I literally just set my phone timer for five minutes. This is not meditation, I also love to meditate, and that is specifically a clearing of the mind, but my five minutes of silence is not that. I let my brain do whatever it's going to do in that five minutes, which usually means it runs wild for a minute or two. It just races all over the place, thinking of my to-do list, whatever. Then it settles in, and I take the remaining few minutes just to sit still and listen, I check in with my body. Is something hurting? Am I holding my posture in a weird way? I check in with my heart. How am I really feeling right now? Am I worried about something? Am I excited about something? It really only takes a few minutes of stillness and listening. In those few minutes, just acknowledging my emotions or my physical discomfort Already, I am in a better mindset than before I sat down, and definitely than before I used to have this ritual. I used to just hit the day running. I would stuff down my emotions. I would ignore physical cues, keeping the TV on or playing podcasts. I would always have noise on in the background, so to not be in silence. Starting off this way, even just five minutes is better. And listen, I do not think everyone needs a complicated morning routine. I do not think you need to get up at 5.30 in the morning before your children unless you want to. I never wanted to do that. 
These days, my kids get on the bus at 7.15 a.m., so I usually take from about 7.20 a.m. until 8 a.m. for my entire morning routine. Some mornings, it goes longer than that if I have that luxury. Most days, it does not. And if you really don't have that time in the morning, of course, I know a lot of people truly do not, the silence and the setting of intentions, just that part, it takes five minutes or less, and you have that you have five minutes. So getting back to the morning routine and the actual intention setting. After I do the five minutes of silence, which is just a check-in and a listening, that's when I'm ready to set my intentions. Most of the time, I'm just setting my intentions for the day. Like, what do I want this day to look like? For me, this is usually a mix of emotional intentions and practicality. So I might set the intention as I want to be clear-headed and focused while I work on the next podcast episode. And also, I want to be open-hearted when I'm on the phone with a loved one later. So my intentions for the day are focus and open-heartedness. And it's amazing how when you set that intention, clearly, either you say it out loud to yourself or you write it in your journal, maybe you put it at the top of your planner. But once you've been clear and not vague about it, it stays with you throughout the day. This is just how the brain works, and this is how spirituality can work for me. A few hours later, when I'm in front of my computer and I'm getting like all kinds of distracted, it will pop into my head that I set the intention to be focused. And I've gotten a little off track. I'm now going to move back towards what my intention was for the day. Then later, when it comes time to have this phone call, I will remind myself that I set the intention to stay open-hearted. I might even go a bit further once I'm just a few minutes out from the phone call. I might set more specific intentions, like what does open-hearted mean exactly? So I will instruct myself that in order to stay open-hearted with my loved one, that I will not use judgy words, that I will listen and not interrupt, whatever the case may be. It's sort of funny to spell it out like this here because this is a practice that I've been using as a party trick for years, way before I picked up the phrase setting intentions. If I was on my way to an event, I would sometimes give myself very strict instructions like, do not mention this piece of gossip to this person. Or like, Make eye contact with everyone at the table. Do not hide behind your phone. Now, this isn't exactly setting intentions in the spiritual way, but I do think it's related. Saying out loud what you want out of this day or out of this interaction or this experience, it does something to the brain, the psyche, or the universe to kind of help that desire along. Now, for people who read the kind of books and stuff I do or or follow people who talk about this stuff, I want you to know that I am actively avoiding the M word here, manifestation. I have some real problems with the current trend of manifestation. I just cannot get behind some of the ideas that are tossed around about creating your own life and everything that comes in or out of your life. I just think there are a lot of factors that are glossed over when people are talking in the trendy way about manifesting their dreams. But when you are setting an intention, 
that is just about you and your mind space and how you are entering the room or your day. And I do think that your approach to people, your dreams and to your time, it can affect outcomes. I also think there are a lot of things at play all the time. And the only thing that we can control are ourselves and our thoughts. So know that as I talk about all of this stuff, whether you're new to it, whether you've been into this for a long time, I think most of us are truly doing the best that we can most of the time. Now, I've been setting my intention for the week or for the year or for projects for a long time before I started imposing this on my family. And even when I did, it started out sort of selfish. I think I needed to get control of my emotions. So I started making them go along on the journey with me a little bit. And by that, I mean, I started asking Jeff and the kids what our intentions were before an event, like a trip or even just a weekend. I would make them discuss or answer their intentions for the thing. So we'd be in the car or something and I would ask, okay, What do we want out of this experience? What is the most important thing? Is it fun? Is it family time? Is food the priority here? Is the beach our main priority or whatever the case may be? Now, listen, my children are seven and nine. So generally their answers are like, we want to have fun. Although occasionally they'll throw me a bone and say something like, spending time with family is the most important part of our day. It doesn't matter. The conversation alone centers our family. It puts everyone in a position to say what their main intention is. And then it becomes instantly obvious if people have different ideas about where this day is going. Or if things go south later, which happens clearly, we can find a bench and sit down, remind ourselves of our intention, and try to get back on track. I have heard teachers say that you are supposed to set an intention and then immediately release it, not think about it again. Like the very setting of it, put those wheels in motion, and that to concentrate too hard on the intention is to not trust God or the universe to do its thing. Now, maybe this is for advanced intention setters, but for me, setting an intention works as an anchor something to come back to if I lose my way in the day or on the trip or whatever it is that I have set the intention for. It also gives you sort of your own standard. Let's go back to the phone call with a loved one example. If that conversation takes a real turn and things are said that weren't planned, if you get off the phone and you're in a total mind swirl about it, look back at your intention. Did you stay open-hearted? as you intended. Doesn't mean that things went perfectly, but if your primary intention was to be open-hearted and that even as things got heated, you stayed open-hearted, then setting that intention meant something to that conversation. Maybe next time you'll have a different intention because we can learn from every experience, but if you're grounding yourself in being the best you can be in the moment, and you were the best you could be in the moment, then there is something powerful in that. So as we start school years or new seasons, let us take this week to set strong intentions. What do we want out of the future? What do we want out of our relationships, out of our schedules, 
How do we want our spirit to move into this time? This is a great thing to think about in your journal. It's even better to talk about it with a friend or a partner. If you're bold enough to post your thoughts on social media, and I'll be sharing some of my specific intentions there this week, please make sure you tag the show and use the hashtag 10 things to tell you. My intentions for this show that I set really clearly just seven months ago was to spark and foster good conversations among thoughtful people. And I dare say, folks, that this is working for us. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.